think that we've got the gods in line and they decided to agree with us to come here this morning. Um, what's up? So uh, before we get started, I want to say thank you to everybody for joining on YouTube or Facebook or any of the, I guess, podcasts that you guys could be watching from. Today's a great, beautiful Tuesday morning in the fall. Um, we have a lot to talk about. Um, Ricardo's here, Amber's here, Jason's coming, and Gabe as well. So this is episode number 62 of Tuesday Feelings with Ricardo Sturdivant. Um, please let us know in the comments if these things are working, um, where you're beaming in from. Also tag a friend who loves tattoos as much as we do. While we test these live streams, I'll let you know about the network that you're on and what some of the things that we're up to are. Um, this is Guy Aitchison's Reinventing the Tattoo Community and Network, where tattooers, apprentices, collectors, and of course the curious are encouraged to join in these live streams, real world events to share and inspire, to create better art and tattoos together daily. You can find the Reinventing the Tattoo either app stores, Apple or Google, YouTube, and Roku as well. Our 12 to 15 channels are going live at any time, so you guys can watch us 24-7 um, in your shop with your clients, any of the above. All of the major podcast directories have a podcast, so if you miss us today, uh, hop over to Apple or Spotify to check us out. No matter where you're watching live or on demand, the latest and greatest, of course, is very, very easy to find anytime at our web website, reinventingthetattoo.com. You guys can try out for free some of the sample webinars from the Reinventing the Tattoo Canon, which has advice from Guy Aitchison about your unique goals, comprehensive tattoo history courses from Jay Brown, an event schedule with full weekly and special event live stream details, which can be found at the bottom of our website if you scroll down, if you want to join today or any future podcasts. Um, scroll down to the calendar and click the Zoom link. We also have professional development courses from 20 world-class tattooers on that same exact site, so I recommend getting lost on there. <clears throat> We're also always looking to expand our toolkits, and nothing beats those quick, simple tricks that can make all of the difference. I know from experience that it's usually a bit more complicated. Um, it's like a full, well-rounded understanding of the process. So Guy Aitchison has been putting a lot of work into that, so you guys definitely check it out. <clears throat> Some of the other weekly stuff that we have going on, you guys, that you haven't seen or do every Sunday at 1 p.m. is the Re Reinventing Drawing Group with Jason Leeser. 9 a.m. is Drawing for Tattooers with James Wisdom. 11 a.m. is a Tattoo Weekly. And 5 is Let's Talk About Feelings with Robbie Rapole. 9 p.m. is Subscribers with Guy, led by Sandy McAndrew. Also, Tuesdays right here with Ricardo Sturdivant. Tattoo Now Show. And Thursdays at 6 is Tattoo Collecting 101. <clears throat> Thank you to everybody for helping us put this together. Of course, Guy Aitchison, the uh, inspiration behind Reinventing the Tattoo, Tattoo Now, which is technology for tattooers, the leading edge in professional development, management, and digital tools for tattooers. Upgrades and competitive with any CRM mailing list software. I could talk about it is on the line. So if you guys uh, want to go ahead and leave some positive reviews, we always welcome those. If you'd like to host something like this or sponsor our community or get some critiques, Hit us up at management at reinventingthetattoo.com. All right, guys. Jason, you're in the house. I loved seeing Jason this week. Ricardo, I wish you could have made it out to West Virginia. What a cool. I miss you already, Jason. Oh, <laughs> you are too sweet. I, I meant to tell you, I uh, I went to bed at like one o'clock in the morning this morning, finally. <laughs> well, that's awesome. I was going to say, you've been running on like next to no energy like all weekend <laughs> yeah but i mean conventions will do that right yep yeah they will how are really you do. i'm doing pretty good i'm still a little under the weather so i'm sorry if i'm sounding congested and stuff like that guys but i'm here uh, i missed last week because of the same thing i was down and out it knocked me down for a couple of days but uh we're back Good morning Amber. Ebola. 
<laughs> Did you catch Ebola? He's got immunity. Did you die? It's not you the died, tumor. didn't you? Yeah, I did. And I've been resurrected Yeah, as this shell of me, myself. <laughs> What's been going on in your world? Mine, um, not too much, really. I've been, um, I've been staying busy with some tattoos and stuff like that. Uh, getting on the ball with some drawings and everything for those tattoos. Uh, been doing pretty good with it. Uh, totally inspired by Jason's setup at the booth and stuff like that, man. I saw some pictures on, I think on Instagram, maybe. Uh, maybe. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I think I, you I might think have, I posted a video. Posted it in the, in the, yeah. I saw it somewhere. I can't remember, but that was an awesome setup, dude. It looked really comfy in that station or in that uh, booth, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Elaine, Elaine and I were having a blast the whole time. I mean, the entrance to the booth was a little tiny and that was a little weird, but. Everything ended up working out great. It was open. It was like a, it made its own little environment. It really did. And I That's... was the only booth there that had that kind of a setup. So I kind of stuck out. Yeah, dude. That's awesome. That's yeah. what you're looking for, wasn't it? Absolutely. It's good. You know what I mean? It's good to have, uh, you know, some flow and stuff like that in your station and everything like that, especially with like just the tight space that you're in and with the amount of people. Well, I'm assuming that there's a lot of people there too, right? 120 artists, a couple thousand people stopped in over the weekend. Nice, dude. Nice. nice. It was a smaller show, but you know, it was very well organized. Um, everything was on point. Everything was done. I think they were running on time. I think it was probably like 85% of the time. I can show you guys a little screen share from the event. That was kind of cool. Um, we tried yes. to set up the live stream, but you know, any time in a convention that it'll, it'll be hard to do. Um, but the cool things was we set it up to talk to, De oops, to talk to Dennis and Chris while Kyle walked around. So this guy here on the left is sporting Tony from Bannock's Rubber City shirt. That's Dennis from Breaking Skin Tattoo. Dennis put on the show when we recognize Chris. So if you guys want to catch Jason's episode, we had a lot of, a lot of coverage. Jason's booth was right over, right over here. To make it a real large show. Not about the industry, but about the art of tattooing. Right. Right. That's right. That was Chris's booth. That's uh, actually them talking right now. It's like 20 years, 22 years, somewhere in there. That was my absolute first convention I went to. I will say I must love you because so I So if you guys want to check out any of that, there it is. There's his booth. Look at that. <laughs> that's super cool sorry i was watching the lag kind of video on, uh, oh, on youtube okay. here and that's awesome that looks killer jason yeah it does i don't think you even saw any of that yet jason i i haven't i'm still technically unpacking from the trip so yeah that was gonna well, be my next question for you actually is uh the amount of gear that you had to take did you find yourself with a couple extra bags or what was going on Oh yeah, dude. I way overpacked. Um, I mean, there's no, I can't even candy coat it. Like I did. I massively overpacked. Um, but it was worth it in the end, in my opinion, because I didn't have to worry about anything. I think I had to buy one thing while I was there. 
um, you know, as far as supplies go. So I really didn't have to worry about anything. It was great. Radical. Yeah. It's radical, man. How did the, uh, the flash go? I you sold quite a bit of it. I sold one set of big prints out of 10. So that was cool. Um, and I think I only sold like two small prints out of the five of each that I ran. Uh So, I mean, I didn't really do too well as far as merch sales go, but it's always hit or miss with stuff like that. You know, it really is. Conventions are like one of those things, you know what I mean? That's one of the things I think you and I have talked about a couple of times too is uh, appointments at these conventions or walk-ups. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think it's almost good for me to have a little bit of both. You know what I mean? Like if you can set up like maybe one solid day of appointments or one big appointment and just kind of hang out for the rest of the time and see what happens. You know what I mean? I think that's probably one of the best ways to go with it. Some people want to so be working the entire time they're there. And sometimes you fall into a project that that allows it to happen. But I think one of the best things to do is have some one day where, you know, it's going to be pretty reliable where you at least cover your costs. You know what I mean? As far yeah. as like a, as far as like the, uh, the reality of things traveling and such, you know? So I followed your advice and I gave that a shot during this show. Uh-huh. Um, and I was going to say, man, it worked way better than I could have ever hoped. Nice. So I front loaded my, I had one big appointment on Friday. Um, and because of that, I was able to make my money back for the weekend, my money back for the hotel, the whole trip made all that back on Friday. I did a smaller tattoo on Saturday and then, you know, just kind of hung out and did a few walk-ups on uh, Sunday so, well, for the second half of Saturday and then all day Sunday, it was just all walk-ups. So it was, it was awesome. It was way more relaxed time. I wasn't out there stressing about money, trying to get people in. Um, I will say this. Uh, I do have to give a very, very big and very special thank you to one of my new friends, um, and that is, da, 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 da. Uh-huh. hold on, hold on, hold on. So new, we forgot your name. Yeah, no, seriously. <laughs> well, with, and then when you go to conventions, man, you meet so many people. Sometimes it's hard to remember. Like I find myself always yeah. going, I'm sorry, dude. I know I met you. I know we shook hands, but what was your name again? <laughs> it, makes me sound like, it makes me feel like it's a talent when you remember that stuff. It oh, really yeah. is. I try it's really a, hard. <laughs> it's a skill, isn't it? It's so like an, it's an acquired skill. Carmen Parker, owner of Raven's Anchor Tattoo and Body Piercing in Jefferson, Ohio. Uh, big shout out to you, man. You kept my motivation going this whole weekend. This dude was literally walk up after walk up after walk up after walk up, working until the absolute last minute every single day. Nice. And he was just crushing it left and right. And he even told me, like, listen, I didn't book any appointments. I'm here doing all walk-ups. Nice. Awesome. You know, if you were to ask an artist, like, obviously, I speak to artists, you know, around the world. And it's so interesting to see in, say, for example, Australia. They're going to go to a weekend just like that. And they're going to pull and make 
and they kind of compete amongst themselves for how much they could make rather than what award they could win. So they try to affect many, many people, but a typical weekend would be about like 12 to 15,000 doing it like that. Dang. Lord. That's what yeah, I said. That's... How do you, but wow. literally the goal when you go to a convention is to work and affect yourself or affect as many people, you know, rather than it is to like the awards aren't necessarily the primary objective doing and fantastic art and such is, but not quite as competitive in that regard. They kind of almost laugh at us a little bit is well, at least the consistency, uh, what they're telling me over there is what they say. <laughs> you know, I think there is something to be said for that too. And I was having this discussion with, um, with a couple of other people. They asked me if I was entering anything into any of the contests. And I said, no, that's not my purpose for being here. And they just gave me this weird, like, little look, like I was growing a second head from my shoulders. And it's like, that's not why I do these. I do these shows to go and do good tattoos and to meet people and to network and to learn and to make money and not to chase a trophy around. Like, I, if I don't, you know, win a trophy, I don't care. That's not a big deal. One thing I was going to say, purpose. I have to dip out real quick, and then maybe you guys can all talk about this. I'd love to hear your perspective, Amber, Ricardo. So one of the tattoos that won Best of Show at a previous event that some of us may have been at, I saw it healed at the show this weekend. And I was thinking, like, was it really necessary to work on this person for multiple days for the award when she's walking around with a tattoo that was done too fast? Uh-huh. Why? What type of purpose is sacrificing the the client for the award where's that line with some of the stuff like they're going really crazy you know at some of these events these days you know three-day collaborate collaboration projects and stuff like that what do you guys think i um man personally i think that that's one of those things that falls into the category of who is this for like you're saying is it for the client or is it for the ego you know what I mean? I think the ego plays a large part when it comes to competitions and things like that. You know what I mean? Like you're trying to prove something, but to who? You know what I mean? Um, and what's it really for? Uh, I think if it's going to be based off of the fact that you're trying to get notoriety and stuff like that, like, nah, I don't know, man. It's hard to say. I personally, am, I'm, I'm on more lines of with Jason, where it's like, I'm there to do some good tattoos. I'm there to hang out. And if, if, if it falls into place, like one of the coolest awards for me is when another artist comes up and they look at your work and they go, Hey man, that looks pretty good. Like, what did you do there? You know, or they ask you questions about the tattoo that you're doing. Mm-hmm. That's the best. That's the best thing for me. I don't know, Jason, what do you think? What do you guys think? I James? agree. Yeah. And that's something that I, that's actually what you just mentioned um, is something that, I noticed a lot of when I was up at the deadly show in Canada, you don't have, you know, 18 people competing for an award up in Canada. You don't, that doesn't happen. Um, In fact, very few people actually went to go and enter any contest, which I thought was really interesting because like, that's the complete opposite of here where at any given, you know, big show, you can have up to 60 to 80 people all entering a contest. Hi, Creature. Like, can on too? Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Hey. Oh, my video's not on. 
trying to figure it out. Can you hear me? Hey there. Can. We can hear you. Huh? Welcome, creature. Good morning, Mr. Studevant. Yeah. <laughs> Great to have you here. Thank Good to have you here. If I mess this up, I'm sorry. First time, second, second time. Welcome. I still okay. stumble. It's okay. Love the show, everybody. Good. Yeah, welcome, Thank welcome. Thank you. I love the video from the convention. This is not working. Work. There you go. Oh, <laughs> okay. Close enough. Yeah. Yeah. Just so, prop something um, up behind it. Yeah. There you go. Yes. Okay. Perfect. I'm on filigree. Synthetic. Anyway, please continue. Yes. So uh-huh. uh that that was something I picked up on up in Canada at the Deadly Show. No one no one really was trophy hunting, right? No one really cared about it. They were like, Yeah, me being here and me me having someone come over and compliment my work, that's enough. Yeah. You know, I I don't need a trophy to say that I was at a show. I think that's definitely something that's gotten ingrained Actually, to be honest with you, I think the origins of that come from the London Convention. Really? This is my philosophy. I could be wrong, but this is what I think. Let's hear it. A few years back at the London Tattoo Convention, there were a couple of guys that were just crushing it left and right, right? Um, One guy got his entire front from, like, his jawline to his belt line completely done start to finish in three days. And that dude took home best to show. And the trophies at the London show are ridiculous, right? They're absolutely ridiculous. They're all like handmade by, you know, some artisan somewhere. And they're like the biggest, most ridiculous trophies you will ever see. Um, Actually. And the guy's name is Julian Siebert. Um, He did a guy's like entire bottom jaw all the way down to his belt line, start to finish in three days, and it took home best to show. Wow. That was the first time anyone had ever seen that. So, yeah, no, great, awesome. Um, the next year, best of show, and I believe this was 2017, was a six-person collaborative back piece. It was one of the first times the Rat Pack ever got together. If you guys don't know the Rat Pack, it's um, I can try and pull it up too for you. Yeah, it's guys like Arlo, uh, Steve Butcher. Oh uh, man! Like, oh yeah, it's like a who's who of like realism tattooing, right? The, These guys. Steve Butcher's down. work is amazing. Yeah, have you seen his black and gray work? Yeah, dude, it's it's that's the only stuff I've ever seen. I don't think I've ever seen any of his color work, but like, it's the first time that I started recognizing like a lot of the morphed kind of images. You know what I mean? here's a a screenshot of the rat pack we've got an incredible amount you know miko is one of my favorites dave paolo benjamin lacus sam barber yep steve butcher is not necessarily absolutely check this stuff sam barber's work is amazing they all sit down and collaborate on one tattoo oh how fun did you see how long ago they posted though yeah it's been a while yeah, I wonder if they're still doing anything. This is, you know, pre-COVID. Well, I was going to say if it was a pre-COVID because it's probably COVID that slowed a lot of things down. Yeah, because they're all over the world. 
Um, yeah. this, that was that wasn't man, dude. That wasn't in Paris. That was uh that was London. That was the one that took home uh, best of show at London that year. And I know that only because I was there for it. Yeah, let me know um, if you see it in this um when I scroll in. Oh, these are some legends. That's a great uh great yep. line. Absolutely. Can you guys name some of these guys? Joe Cup. There's a you know no, Joe Cap. Yeah, let's say that's Joe Cap. And Jesse and that, yeah. That's um Marlo. on the right there. Uh what's his name? Damn it. You can do it. Boris. Boris. That's his name. Okay. And and uh, let me see. I don't Let's know him personally, but if anyone in the comments wants to comment too. It's right there on the screen. <laughs> okay. I was gonna say, yeah, there we go. But yeah, these Here guys we work go. together really well. And Sam, Carlos. Um, so guys, if you want, we could petition for them to come back. Jess Yen is awesome too. Yeah. Yeah, Jess Yen is dope. Yeah. Usually, Jess tattoos at Golden State if anyone's ever around. That dude's got like a so, two-year wait list or something. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. But everything he does is is flawless, though, dude. It's just flawless. Like the composition is so strong, dude. Like he's definitely one of my inspirations to like go to compositions whenever I'm like, okay, what can I do to change this up a little bit? You know what I mean? Like, let's check out Jess Yen's work today right when i was at golden state the last time he had just i don't know how the journey works with him but the his apprentice or something had just graduated at the one of the golden states i was at it was nice. really really cool to see how they go through that process and how sacred it really is to you know follow in his footsteps mm -hmm. yeah that's awesome But yeah, that goes back it goes back to what we were saying with like the um the competitions like these guys they're world renowned, you know what I mean? But I don't think that they set out to go into this work just strictly based off of I'm gonna win an award today or I'm going there to win these awards and stuff like it. It seems like it just kind of follows suit, you know. You do the right work, you do the you put the effort and the time into it, and that's that's a reward enough to like to see the accomplishment. The time so and effort bring, that gets put into it. I bring it all back to something that you and I have talked about many, many times, and that's we're not in this to compete with other people. We're in this to compete against ourselves. So exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, as long as I can be 1% better than I was yesterday, that's all that matters. Right. I don't think I'd want to sacrifice the longevity of a good tattoo just to win an award for one day. Mm -hmm. Because my name's going to be on that tattoo forever. Even 20 years from now, when it doesn't look as good as it would have been if I let those sessions heal between, rather mm. than knocking it all out in two days just to win an award. Mm. And that's yeah. if you win. That's if yeah. you win. Yeah, you're gambling either way. What why would you want to gamble the quality of your tattoos? Would you ever do that, Amber, in your regular everyday tattoo career? Never. Exactly. I would never knock out a tattoo that I know needs more than one session in two days. That's not, it's not going to lend itself to the quality of my work. Yeah. I've had people come in for big pieces that are very aggressive with their tattoos. Um, 
and it's not really anything that I encourage by any means, but some people want their tattoos finished. So we're doing these large tattoos, like, you know, four times a month, once every week, but we're planning it out to where we're doing sessions where we can finish an area and not have to go back into it. Mm, you know right. what I mean? And then going, going a little bit lower, going a little bit lower, going a little bit lower. Um, I've done that before and that's, that's exhaustive on me too. You know what I mean? I don't know how some of these people come in like once a week like that sometimes, oh, but then yeah. the, it's crazy. Once a week. Yeah. So I've had sleeves done in like a month and a half, sometimes a month. If you were going to rush a piece, what type of art does the best with like, say a three day back to back to back? What type of? Because a lot of guys are going, they're going for like illustrative or incredibly realistic speed sessions with really deep saturated areas. I feel like a lot of guys are going for that in these three-day pieces and it just seems not smart. Yeah, so I've done a two-day before, um, full sleeve, two days done. Um, and it healed up great, but it was all black and gray. So large right. areas of gray wash. Um, we did the lines the first day and then the dude came back and we did all of the black and gray shading the next day. Awesome. Um, you know, and like a couple of little white highlights at the end, just because I'm neurotic. Uh -huh. um, and it healed up great, but it was You're also masochistic. <laughs> I, I have no issues. <laughs> well, I guess that would be more like I'm sadistic, not masochistic. Yeah. 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 You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So I have no it, issues. Yeah. Like if you're hurting, I'm sorry, but this is what you said. <laughs> right. That's not my fault. The whites, um, dude. After, after two, eight full eight hour days back to back and then hitting them with white during that last half hour. Oof. Yeah. I was using um, a pretty awesome trick though. I was using back team the whole time. So he was fine. Like there was, he wasn't feeling anything within an hour. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, that healed up just fine. No issues. I think a lot of these guys that go through, if they're not, if they don't get an area finished that quickly and they decide to go back into it the next day, Oof. that's when I think you start to see a lot of really poor healing. Yeah. And I, so, I mean, as long as they're working through and they're not going back into those parts that they, they haven't done yet, or they're not going back into the parts that they've already tried to completely saturate. As long as they're not touching that and they're leaving that alone, I could see everything healing up. Okay. Right. Um, but I think it also depends on what everyone's using, you know? Like the, these guys that are out there doing massive full color three day pieces. If you're not taking into consideration the type of like pins on your needles that you're using, if you're not factoring that in and the amount of skin trauma that's causing the amount of skin damage that's causing, you know, what needs to be done, what and where, if you're not factoring in a lot of that stuff, then yeah, ever you're going to have people that heal poorly. There's no doubt mm -hmm. about it. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like sitting down, watching someone get a three day back to back to back back or full frontal piece. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that artist, Julian Siebert, the one that was 
that took home best of show in 2016 came back and was trying to do the guy's whole back in 2017 in three days. Awesome. He was working in a very methodical start to finish manner where everything was complete in one section. When that section was done, he didn't go back to it. He didn't even look at it. He had it covered up with a paper towel. I don't know if that was for psychological reasons so that he didn't touch it again and he didn't start to nitpick. But I noticed every time he would move on, he would cover it with a paper towel. Was it saturated or was it dry? Oh, it was completely saturated. Okay, there you go. Completely saturated. Every pore on this guy's back was so open, I could have gone swimming in it. Well, I'm talking about with with the paper towel. Do you remember if that no, was the paper dry? towel was was just dry? It was okay. just on there. Huh. It was dry, and huh. I didn't know if that was to collect plasma as his skin was leaking plasma, or if that was to help block out his vision. But I think it served a dual purpose, right? Um. So, but I mean, he he never went back into those first spots ever. Didn't even yeah. didn't even think about him, right? And I think as long as you work in that kind of a methodology, I don't see why things wouldn't heal up okay. But it, once again, it also depends on the amount of skin trauma that's caused. Yeah. You know, I would go with, I would say that it's all dependent on the artist and their technique and, and what they, the way that they approach the tattoo for sure. But I think black and gray can be approached the same way that it would be if you're layering a bunch of color too. You know what I mean? Uh, depends on the amount of detail and stuff like that. It depends. I know like a lot of smooth gradient tones and stuff like that on bigger pieces can be done larger scale and uh, in a more continuous manner like that, where it's like more hours put into it than you normally would anybody else. I think with the larger gradients, that's going to heal up just fine. It's going to look the way it did whenever it was applied. You know, the gradients might smooth down and tone down a little bit and everything like that, but that's kind of the vision of it overall. You know what I mean? But like, I don't know. Personally, I think I have done large pieces on people that have traveled from out of state and it has been large black and gray stuff and it usually does heal pretty well um i think the longest i've tattooed one kid from out of state was like 12 hours or something like that you know what i mean and that was a lot of that was more brutal on me than it was anybody else (laughs) to be honest with you the kid the kid could have sat for even longer and i was like dude i'm i'm done like i'm finished you know what i mean and i think that has a lot to do with another another thing like you know, with uh, the artists themselves and their work ethic and like what they're willing to put out, how well they're willing to focus on what's happening and keep that, maintain that focus throughout. And I haven't seen a lot of people do that. You know what I mean? I've seen Guy do it personally. And that was incredible to see, like the way he worked on your leg for two days in a row and kept at it the entire time. You know what I mean? It's pretty amazing. Um, I know in my later years, though, that's definitely not the route that I like to take. You know what I mean? I like to sit down for four to six hours on a person and be like, okay, I think we're done for the day. You know what I mean? I think that's, that's all I can give you, you know, and, and be able to focus at that level of uh, tattoo healing out well and be able to have pride in it whenever they come into the shop and there's other artists and stuff taking a look at it too. You know, I think that's always been my biggest thing is like, what are other artists going to think whenever they see it? Cause I mean, there's always the layman, so to speak with tattooing and art and things like that, that can look at something and go, that's amazing. And you're like, yeah, that it's like any other piece of art, you know, like there's a lot of abstract art out there that I can't appreciate, but it doesn't mean that it's not good. It's just that the, my 
the way that I see things, I don't appreciate that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, I don't know anything about that dude, Jason. <laughs> but yeah, no, and you're right. Yeah. So have it. you noticed that any clients are almost a misunderstanding when they see these things happening? You know, have you dealt with that where they're like, well, I saw this advertise at so-and-so convention where they did this in three days. How come you don't want to do that? Have you had any of that at all? Oh yeah. All the time. All the time. All the time. It's as simple as like some of these Pinterest tattoos that people bring into you for that. They want to get tattooed on them as well. You know, like tattoos and nothing but white, for example, you know, they're like, they want this tattoo in all white, like a full sleeve or something or like, or like a big white tattoo. And you're like, dude, it's not, gonna look at it like but look it's right here you know and they're showing it to you it's like there's a proof of it that it can be done like yes that's a picture of the tattoo fresh we're not talking about longevity we're not talking about a month from now we're not talking about two weeks from now we're not talking about how it heals out or anything like that we're just talking about this evidence that you're showing me of that present moment that's captured in time now you see it it looks exactly like that forever but that doesn't mean that it's going to look like that on you you know this so yes, I, I see that kind of things happening a lot. And like I've had other people say the, the same thing that you're actually asking about to the point of this large scale tattoo was done in this process. Why can't you do it? And I think it goes back into what we were, I was saying a little bit ago about like each artist has their own their own methodology, like Jason was saying. You know, like it's it's their own their own technique, their own approach. You know, and can that artist even work like that? Can that can you even approach the idea of this concept of doing this large scale image in that amount of time? And there's a lot of, there's a lot of work that goes into it, man. There's a lot of, a lot of technique. There's a lot of like, uh, you know, um, what's the right way to say it? There's a lot of gumption that kind of goes into that, even sitting down and, uh, and uh, attempting it. You know what I mean? There's and, uh, one important factor we're not bringing up though. Let's hear it. In that you can sit down and you can have, you know, someone like Steve Butcher or Jess Yen or, um, you know, Nico Hurtado or, you know, Guy or whoever. It doesn't matter. Insert, you know, really well-known, really awesome quality artist here, right? Any of them. Once that client leaves, it's out of the artist's hands. Mm-hmm. We have no control over what happens to that tattoo once they leave. We can give them advice. We can give them directions. We can follow up with them. We can send them texts hour by hour, day to day. We can send them reminders on, hey, you need to lotion your tattoo now. Have you lotioned it yet? You haven't yet? Why not? You need to stop what you're doing. You need to lotion your tattoo right now. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I don't care if you're driving, pull over to the side of the road, lotion your tattoo. Oh, you're getting ready to jump out of a plane. Great. Do me a favor real quick. Take your parachute off and lotion your tattoo, right? You're scuba diving. (laughs) Ask a shark to hold your scuba tank, pull up your wetsuit and lotion your tattoo. I don't care. We can do everything that we can do, but at the end of it, we have zero control over how that tattoo is actually taken care of. Yep. And that's not even to mention just the systemic things around them. You know I don't what I mean? know about zero control. Because if I have the proper conversation with the right artist and they're like, look, what we're going to do is use tattoo armor. We're going to absorb that plasma. And then what we're going to do, like if I have the right conversation 
And honestly, I feel like I need to have it with every single tattoo I ever get. I don't know about you guys, but that's because you take care of your tattoos. <laughs> and you're you also see them in a much different way than these other people that are getting tattooed do. You know what I mean? You see the investment, you see the importance of it, you see the 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 that that process of sitting down with an artist, talking to them, trusting them enough to even tattoo you in the first place. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then it's the same thing whenever people come in and like, well, you know, I just brought, I've gone to different shops and I'm just looking for the right price. It's like, dude, that is the last thing you should be thinking about. I mean, it's an important factor and it's a realistic factor for sure. But like they think that every tattoo artist is created equal and that's just not true. You know what I mean? Especially if you're trying to bring something in that's done in a style that this, you know, there's a guy that I work with. His, his name is Steve. I think I interviewed him in here a little while back. He is an excellent Japanese tattoo artist. Excellent. And he's always like looking at people whenever they come in. They're like, man, I've seen all your work on Instagram. It looks great. He's like, here's this portrait that I went down. He goes, um, you've seen my, my portfolio. All I do is Japanese work. That's that's what I want to do. That's that's how I tattoo. He's like, I'm not saying that he can't do it, but he's like, I don't want to do it. <laughs> I want to do tat- Japanese tattoo work. Like, come to me for Japanese tattoo work. So that's just an example of like people that they think anybody can do the tattoo for them. Sometimes they're just looking for the, the wrong reasons to do it. But yeah, I think that goes back to like what Justin is saying about you can't tell everybody how to take care of their stuff afterwards. It's 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 an pretty standard it's not a standardized thing not everybody wants to uh take care of the, the, the what they just went through like it's fine it's fine my dog licked it it's okay man and that's that's oh. something that you're starting to see oh yeah i've had stories like that i have too dude yeah man i, I have I had, I had one client her tattoo it was a gorgeous um like little orchid that i did and it was like super super awesome Full color, the whole nine turned out absolutely beautiful. But she works as a dog groomer. Oh, man. Yeah. And it was on a very exposed, high contact area. And I'm like, so how long are you taking off for work, you know, to let this thing heal up? And she's like, what are you talking about? I go back in tomorrow morning. Yep. Mm -hmm. Sure enough, dog licked the tattoo. Tattoo got infected. We had to wait yep. until that cleared up. Yeah, dude. I have a similar story, Jason. Like, seriously, dude, this guy came in. I did this half sleeve on him, black and gray. It was great. I was loving it. We're going to do the lower forearm and stuff like that. He comes back in, like, I don't know, a week or two later. And it's, it is so jacked up, dude, that I was starting to be like, did I do that to this guy? What did I do differently? Oh my God. Did I like tattoo an area too much? Like it is severely infected. Like it looked bad almost to the point where I was like, should I keep tattooing dude? Cause Oh my God, I hope I'm not doing this to everybody. Jeez. So I started talking. I was like, what, what happened from the point in time that I tattooed you until now? Like walk me through this. Like, did you go on vacation? Were you at a dance? Were you rubbing up against somebody that's sweaty or something like that? He's like, what happened? He's like, no, man, I just went home. Took it, I had a couple beers when I got home. I took the bandage off, washed it off, sat down on the couch and just watched TV. I was like, that's it. He goes, well, yeah, I mean, my dog was hanging out with me and my dog, like, you know, was licking my arm and stuff like that. I was like, wait, what? Are you serious? He's like, yeah, I mean, their mouths are cleaner than ours is. I was like, no, dude, 
Oh, they're not. No, they're not. That is like an urban legend, man. That is an urban myth. Their dip is their dog does all kinds of nasty things when you're not around. Shit, they even do it when you're sitting right next to them. <laughs> yeah. Like it's crazy. And he, I was like, dude, you gotta go to the doctor. Go to the doctor, get some antibiotics, and tell them the same story. Make sure and tell them when you got this tattoo what happened that I didn't do that to you. <laughs> Because, like, you know, you hear all these horror stories about doctors, when you, especially when you tattoo them about all these infections and stuff that they see sometimes. It's crazy. Especially from tattoos, man. Uh, it's wild. Hold on. I get that a lot with uh, <clears throat> working with ink companies, even down to clients reaching out to the income um, ink company directly. It's wild. Oh, I've wow. even reached out to you, Jason, before. Like, look at this. What is going on? But it's pretty mm -hmm. interesting. I've reached out to you more than once, I think. Yeah. Just unreal. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's. I somebody show up for a tattoo with sun poisoning. Oh, man. I've had that. I had a guy show up. We did a half sleeve on him, which, you know, it wasn't, I think it was like tribal or something. Knocked it out in like four hours, whatever. Um, you know, patched him all up, sent him on his way. Comes back in a week later. And first things first, I can smell him as soon as he walks through the door. And he smells like a campfire. Oh. Yeah. Dude just got done going camping for a week. After he got a tattoo. After, after getting tattooed. I was Brilliant. like, how did you keep that clean? He's like, well, you know, I... I more or less, you know, I just hung up, poured a water bottle over top of it and grabbed my bar of soap and, you know, did a quick lather and, you know, washed it down. And then I put on some cream that you gave me, you know, and then just kind of did its thing. He's like, do you think it, maybe it was because like I went kayaking while I was out there and got dunked underwater a couple of times in the lake. And I'm <laughs> like, yeah, in the lake, that's a, oh. <laughs> You know, people are not as intelligent sometimes as we like to think they are. Um, and that is, that's the reason why I say once that tattoo leaves our line of sight, there's very little actual control, no matter what discussions we have with them. Sometimes people are just going to go out and do their own thing um, because, you know, they're friends, friends, brothers, friends, Cousins, aunts, former boyfriends, nephews, roommate. Um, I saw it at 32 colors. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, because they know better and they've gotten tattooed and they asked them. And it's like, but you didn't bother to reach out to me. Yeah, the tattoo yeah. works. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, go take guys, their um, advice. Have any of you also healed? Because I healed Guy and Fawn's tattoo with uh, tattoo armor. First, and then the next day I put, uh, I think it was Derm Shield on. And that mm. process for my entire side of my leg was so wonderful. Have, has anyone else used that product, in particular Tattoo Armor, and then the wrap? I don't think I've heard of Tattoo Armor. No. It's very absorbent. Um, it's like a pad that you just put. And so they put the pad on and then wrapped it, you know, up and then the next day all of that wet seepiness that i that most people detest from something like saniderm isn't mm -hmm. a factor. Yeah. it's just not a factor 
And I healed so quickly and so well and so less annoyed, you know? And it wasn't mm. like a small little tattoo. It was my leg. I'm going to have to look into that. I would yeah, recommend it from a, a client perspective. If you're looking at it from a perspective of like comparing it to other things that have been used in the past, tattoo armor is kind of like the old butcher pads. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, chicken diapers. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, we use those here at the shop, actually. Exactly. Helps absorb the plasma, which actually mm. works great, Lauren. Um, thanks for pointing that out. I just haven't heard of the specific brand name of tattoo armor, but I, I know the concept. Really, or any concept, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I know the concept, and the concept, concept is great because essentially what your skin is doing by pushing all that plasma out is it's trying to clean itself, right? Mm -hmm. it, it's pushing out any kind of like... Uh, anything that it might be trying to reject from your body, it's all the that nastiness that builds up and makes makes it look like someone's walking around with a water packet on. If you just slap Sanitarm over top of them right off the bat, um, you know it looks like a a little mini pool or like a gel thing that you just hold on. Maybe at. not the Sanitarm. I haven't seen the stretchiness factor, so I did not use Sanitarm specifically. Right, for right. The factor just throwing it out there to anyone who as soon as they hear sanitor and they're like nope i you say know? that as a general overarching like concept second, like a second uh, skin not necessarily yeah not necessarily Tegaderm. the brand name um yeah. tegaderm is the original brand name developed by 3m and then it branched off into all these other brands but i i say that just as like an overarching um like type of aftercare right uh, so that would include everything like, um, like recovery. I've used that. That was decent. Um, not a big fan of the adhesive on it though, because it doesn't usually stay all that well, just in my experience. Um, actually the stuff that I got that I really liked the most, I got from true tubes, true supply. That stuff was awesome. That stuff was awesome. I really like that. Um, but it's the whole concept of, okay, cool. Your body's pushing out all this plasma. Once that plasma is absorbed, you seal off the tattoo so that nothing else can get inside it yeah. and let it finish healing in a natural way. Right. Great idea. Awesome. And as long as it's clean, when that goes on, you're fine. Does anybody uh, put like say 90% alcohol around the tattoo before they put the shield on because that's what i do and i get pretty good response hmm. i've used I've never, witch hazel that's pretty much what i was going to say too witch hazel yeah just because it doesn't burn yeah um, maybe it's because i have them numbed up so much from the back team that i use that they don't really notice it because i just 90 percent hmm. i mean that'll do it the I do that myself, though, but I'm a little bit of a masochist, so I don't mind so much. <laughs> Most of uh, my clients, they're, uh, they're, they're lifers. They have like 30 tattoos each, and they fall asleep in my chair, and, you know, so there's all of that. But... I love when a client falls asleep, and I can just do what I need to do. Uh, I did, a, a, I did a, a tattoo of Johnny Bravo on a kid. Uh, I don't know, he's like 21. He's my cousin. This was a few weeks ago. He said, okay. You know, like, he did okay. But anyway, thank you. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Wasn't very Johnny Bravo of him, was it? 
<laughs> not so much. Yeah. I saw that Johnny Bravo. It came out really good. Thank you. James, were you going to say something a little bit ago about the uh, the bandages and such? Yeah, uh, actually, I I wanted to just sort of like uh, um, just chime in a little bit. I uh, one of my clients, you know, showed me their tattoo, um, and she says she, you know, she's in healthcare, so she was actually, you know, like a few days later, she put on some some product. I'm not sure if you know, I I, I use Dermalize. But uh, uh, it was some sort of, you know, another clear bandage, very similarly. The tattoo healed up in like, you know, like nine days. It was, it's like yep. healed, you know, it's yep. amazing. So, um, and I mean, it was, it was like, a, it was, so we did this rework. I mean, it wasn't a huge tattoo, but, but I mean, I really like, I worked, I, you know, put a lot of, put a lot of holes in, right? So it was really trying to saturate it. And, um, it was right there, right on the edge of like, I was like, I was worried, like, did I overwork this? You know what I mean? Is it going to scab real bad? It didn't did it. Um, it seems to be like it healed really smoothly. Um, it's very, it's very vibrant. Um, and so, you know, I saw them in person without the bandage. And then later I saw, you know, like a photograph of put another bandage on it. And it was, you know, it was, it was healing really well. So I think there's, there's more to this you know, recovery game. There's more to this healing game than, you know, than we realize. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, uh, so certainly, you know, I used to use uh, plastic wrap <laughs> way back when, <laughs> you know, um, and, and yeah, definitely take it much more seriously now, but I think the, the only way we're going to like, you know, get better results is by, continuing this conversation, sharing with each other, like the successes and, and also, you know, like sort of, um, the new science that's coming out on it. Right. There's, there's real, there's real advancements in this particular area. Um, mm. tattooing is, you know, it's serious business these days. So, um, yeah, I think that the more that, um, the more that, you know, <laughs> The more that you know, but it's good to share it, right? <laughs> the more you yeah. know, but yeah, mm -hmm. keep sharing the information so you know you really get these, um, you know, these much better results. There's a story that I share, you know, quite a bit. It was really like almost traumatic story. This guy I met one time, he he got um, he got a tattoo in Japan from Oriyoshi Three. Nice. So the story, his story was that, oh, I, yeah. I, you know, stop me if I've mentioned this before, but he said that they worked on it for seven hours a day for 45 days. But I mean, it was hand, you know, hand done. It's a hand poke thing. But every day they'd go down to the ocean and they would scrub his whole body down with loofah, oh, with like yeah. a real one. And so wow. he said it never, it just never, there was no flaking. There was no peeling ever. It just was. And uh, hmm. he said it was the worst part, you know, was the, was like, you know, sort of the wiping it down. I mean, was he making it up? I don't know, you know, so I, <laughs> this is a, this is a story that I tell, but it makes sense, uh, you know, insofar as you're sort of like removing the dermis or the epidermis rather, right? Sort of exposing the dermis and it's, um, you know, kind of like forcing that healing, you know, to, it's, it's not allowing the scab to, 
to really happen, you know, in a certain, certain way. So, um, I don't know. I, you know, I, again, that's a story, you know, it's validity, you know, it may, may not be here nor there, but as we're, as we're working through like best practices, how, what is the best practice for, you know, for your clients? Um, uh, yeah, I think it's, you know, there's going to be some, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta keep your, you know, keep your options open. I suppose you have to, you know, keep doing research, keep talking to, to other tattooers and find out what's the, what are they doing? Especially if they're getting really good results, but it probably yeah, I, does boil down to how you apply it to. It's probably really, I mean, it's really like, you know, this super important factor, how well it's applied in the first place. Um, yeah. So I think that there are still some more old school guys out there that um, really kind of see, and this may be coming from a different business perspective than I have, but they see using these new clear plastic films and all that stuff almost as a liability, right? Because if you have an artist that doesn't know what they're doing when they put it on, and if there's still some type of bacteria underneath it, and you tell them, okay, you know, leave this on for three days or four days or whatever, um, that essentially turns the skin into a breeding ground for bacteria and can help promote bacterial growth because you're creating a sealed environment with bacteria with plenty of food, plenty of warmth right? The perfect ideal environment for bacteria to grow. Um, sure. So some, and through talking to a couple of different studio owners, some people are of the mindset that, you know, this isn't necessarily a good idea simply because if the tattoo is not perfectly clean, when that stuff goes on, you could essentially turn the skin into a Petri dish and then that could lead to excess liability. Um, so, and I can see it coming from that perspective where they want to make sure that, you know, it's a liability issue for their clients, for their studio and things of that nature. But if that's really your concern, bring in a representative of the company, zoom them call in, them. um, mm -hmm. call them, have them on a video, FaceTime them, right? Skype is still a thing. Facebook uh -huh. video chat is a thing. Instagram video chat is a thing. Google chat. Google chat, anything. Get them on there. Have them walk you through the appropriate process for whatever yeah. product it is, right? Have them go over exactly how you prepare the skin to have that put on, exactly when to change it, if it needs to be changed, exactly how long to keep it on. It doesn't take a whole lot, and most companies out there are more than happy to go through and do a conference call with you and walk you through everything that needs to be known step-by-step. Step. I have a special question, Ricardo. You mentioned one time, like a year ago, something that your attorney mentioned with aftercare. Do you remember what I'm talking mm. about? What yeah. Was um, it was the adhesives. Um, we were talking about the adhesives and like, uh, you know, not everybody is going to respond to the same product the same way. It's all a very acute right. system. You know what I mean? Our, our bodies are so, so uh, acute from each other that not, you're not going to respond the same way from over the counter products as the next person, the person next to you. 
the majority of us will, but there's going to be those individuals that have issues. One of the things that I did is they did mention to contact the company and I did contact one of the Tegaderm companies and um, I did, you know, tell them my concerns about this. And they said that one of the best things you can do is in the consultation process, cut out a little piece, a little one by one piece of this, of this uh, second skin, this Tegaderm stuff, put it on an, on an area like on their hand or something like that, or some kind of, you know, uh, obscure kind of place and have them watch it for the next couple of days. Have them watch for any kind of, you know, reactions, any kind of allergic reactions or anything like that, like redness or soreness or any kind of blistering or anything like that. Uh, and then if that's the case, then you just don't use the product plain and simple. It's always very acute to that individual person. So that's one of the things that I've practiced since then. And it seems to work out pretty well. And I have had clients that are like, yeah, dude, that stuff was terrible. Like it hurt. It hurt my my skin. I had a bunch of blisters and red marks and stuff like that. And you could see where they took the the spot off. It was just a clear red square. And that's yeah. like pre- pretty much pulling up that skin. You know what I mean? It just didn't respond to them very well. Um, I've had people respond poorly to scotch tape even. I don't know if you guys have been around long enough to be able to use scotch tape and plastic wrap like James is talking about, but I did. And some people would have just clear rectangular marks where the tape was in contact with the skin for only a few hours even. You know what I mean? And Sensitive to adhesives of all kinds, even with medical tape. Oh, medical tape, especially especially medical tape. I've seen the worst reactions to medical tape for sure. Um, And, you know, it's part of the reason that we've all started switching over to nitrile, for example. You know what I mean? You start Mm -hmm. to develop, you start to develop allergic reactions to to rubber, to yes. latex, you know what I mean? And it's it's plain and simple. Overexposure of anything is probably going to have some kind of effect on you. you know, so thank you for bringing that up, Lauren, because that's one of the things that I was going to try to talk about today too, is especially this conversation is like it's, each client is going to be a very cute person. That's why it's important to have some of those things on your waivers, but these are going to be some of the possibility side effects that you can't handle it you know what i mean they might not even realize that they're going to be allergic to it either you know sometimes i mean think about a person that had no idea they were allergic to bees but they get stung and they're all of a sudden they're like "Uh uh-oh i'm having a fit (laughs) and i need some help um so i like witch hazel even you know there's a client in in here uh the apprentice was working on her and she had this like real bad reaction her skin was just so red and irritated when she was doing this little black and gray tattoo little black and gray tattoo but everything around it was just getting swollen and inflamed turns out she's allergic to witch hazel you know what i mean one of the most safe things you can use one of the most natural things we can use as far as the application of the tattoo that we do you know she was allergic to it so it's pretty plain and simple you just got to be careful uh, cover your bases though, for sure. You know what I mean? The lawyer told me to cover your bases. Any, any product that you use, you want to investigate it. You want to look into it. You want to find out what, what it's made of. And, and you want to definitely make that, um, an understood thing whenever this person's even tattooed. And unfortunately we live in a day and age where people want to lay responsibility on somebody for something most of the time and not themselves. So they will come after you sometimes. I'd be careful with that and yeah you're right jason like man it's out of our hands dude you know what i mean like i've tattooed people that have big collections and one of the things that i do at the end of the tattoo session is ask them how do you take care of your tattoos keep doing it 
You know what I mean? What's the best result you've had with any of the tattoo work that you've had? What's the worst? What's the best? Stick with the best and just keep doing what you're doing. And I don't, I don't give them any instructions at, at that point. You know what I mean? It's up to them. Um, but I definitely, you know, first timers and stuff like that, we walk through the general process for sure. But I have had really good results on my tattoos with the Tegaderm, like all the second skin stuff too. It seems to work out pretty well. And then you have the people that just cake <laughs> Aquaphor or like A&D or something yeah, like that. Yeah. And it's like, smother it, suffocate yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Like about all the Tegaderm immediately was just that it was just gross. <laughs> Honestly, I didn't like yeah. that. So getting rid of that factor was at least personally pretty awesome. Yeah, definitely, dude. But I did. I have seen some really good results with that uh, that meat pack stuff that we were talking about earlier. I've seen some really good good things with that. And that and like what we'll do a lot of times is cover the entire tattoo with those meat packs and then wrap wrap around that area with, with cellophane and then wrap it with like some uh, Coban or something like that. You know what I mean? That way there's not too much contact with any kind of adhesive on their skin whatsoever, but it holds it in place long enough for them to uh, for the tattoo to kind of like dry out or or, or be remember, a little safer. Uh or why and i don't remember exactly but they were talking about utilizing ice ahead of time before putting that stuff on oh okay ice packs really you know the soft ones that uh-huh. lay on something and mm-hmm. then thing or whatever gel packs wow that's awesome yep. yeah the cold will shrink the pores back up <clears throat> yeah Man, my cold is bad. Sorry, guys. Here's a question. You, Whitney. Oh, sorry, uh, Amber. No, that's okay. Go ahead. What's up with Whitney? Yeah, she hasn't said hi yet, and we were all at Resurrection. Hi, guys. You guys were like, you guys were in the middle of a big conversation. I didn't want to interrupt. <laughs> did you have a good time at the tattoo convention? I did. It was it was a nice show. It was a, a lot compact in, in a little area. It was, it, was, it was really nice, actually. They put it together well, I thought. Which convention was it? Um, was it the same resurrection, one? Resurrection, West Virginia. Okay, cool. Okay, cool. All you yeah. guys were there. That's awesome. Yeah, it was a good show. It was really, it was, it was well done. It was nice. It was yeah, good performances sweet. and stuff. Very well organized. I really enjoyed it. That's one of the coolest yeah, was, things was, about was this nice. man is meeting everybody in person, dude. It's so radical, isn't it? <laughs> oh yeah. It's like yeah, you're yeah, not I just this. It. Even Kyle, Kyle stopped down. Yeah, nice, I didn't even yeah. know, but you know, yeah. he he stopped down, and I was like, "Oh man, awesome! This is great." Yeah. Yeah, it's the first time I met him. I thought he was pretty cool. He's a cool guy. Where did we meet him, Jason? Was that at uh, that was at the Paradise Gathering, wasn't it? I think that's the first time yes. I met him in person. Yeah. Yes, the the BYOB. Yeah. That was an awesome time, dude. What a great time. I got to ride the roller coaster too, so that was good. <laughs> I heard about that. Yeah. I wasn't there to see it, but well, yeah. all of you that live in the Midwest, um, we were brainstorming this weekend. If you guys would like to do like a another reinventing event or something like that in my city where I live, which would be Appleton, Wisconsin. I know that oh. most of you are relatively local. 
I mean, yeah. I'd be down. West, I'm down. fly out. Yeah, Jason, you'd be a little bit further, but you know, I'll fly out though. No issues. Yeah, dude. James, you're Come not far away. I was just in Indy, you know, yesterday, and it was a quick, easy drive. Same with you, Whitney. Creature too. Yeah. Amber, where are you at exactly? I am in New Jersey, East Coast. Okay. Jersey. Jersey. Yeah. Jersey's Any great. Remember that. Jason. Yep. What was the question? I didn't hear Amber? you say again. Anybody coming to the Philly show in January besides Jason since he is in Philly? Which I'm looking forward to meeting him. I'd like to come out. Philly's not that far from me. Yeah. Love the Philly show. Good. I haven't been there in a long time. I was there years ago, but it's been a very long time since I've been to Philly. I'm just wondering how insanely big it's going to be this year. Oh, oh yeah. Dude. It's always huge. Yeah, well, every year it seems like it gets bigger. So it's like, at what point in time is it too big? When you have 80 people lining up to <laughs> Never too big. in best portrait category, like, I, wow. I disagree. I disagree. I think there is a size where conventions are too big. Yeah. You know, when you're, when you're at a show and there's 1,500 artists there, right? That... Yeah is it's ridiculous uh, yeah. i think one of the last years they had it there were a thousand booths a thousand booths yeah yeah there was a that was the last one we went to wasn't it there was yeah it was mm. pretty big dude like i don't think i i don't think i even walked through the entire thing yeah I, were there, judging were is supposed weekend. to be enjoyable <laughs> I, don't, I don't think judging that show would be very enjoyable a thousand artists like, that'd be Love a lot like last weekend, a lot of the Midwest guys, I don't know how they're doing on the West Coast and some of those Texas shows, but judging is so different. I'm not necessarily a big fan of how they do it, like in Philly and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How long it's going to stay alive because it seems like a lot of people get either upset or the crowd involvement is low or the process itself needs to be changed. You know, so I agree. Was... I think the way that, you know, Durham does it at Hell City is, is, is really honestly the best way. Like, you know, when you narrow it down to get everybody like those last few you narrow down to side by side so you can look at the differences. That's that's a big deal. That's you can, how can you remember what you've judged so many tattoos back? Like, especially when you have artists that like a thousand artists at a show. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, the, the whole lanyard system that a lot of smaller shows are using now, um, the first time I ever saw that was down in Puerto Rico and I was talking to Yalzi about it. And he's like, yeah, we came up with this system down here. Keep everything impartial, you know, because whoever is judging should never know who did the tattoo, right? But you get a right. lot of conventions that are out there where they'll announce, okay, here's so-and-so entering a piece done by so-and-so. And it's like, you're immediately mm. skewing everything, right? By doing that. Yeah. You want to yeah. keep judging impartial. And when you've got that many yeah. people and you say, say you have five judges, each judge gets three lanyards, right? For the first round. Cool. Go through and that's going to eliminate each judge can go through and pick three people, right? That they, whose work they really like. Awesome. Those people stick around for round two. Next round, each, each judge only is down to two lanyards or whatever. Um, so that eliminates another set of people. 
right? Then after that, now you've got, you know, they cut everything down to three lanyards total. Two of the judges take a step back, you know, three lanyards total, you know, win, lose, and draw, whatever. Um, but it was a very impartial way to go about doing that. And having been a part of that system before and holding on to lanyards while being on stage, it's, you know, you don't really keep track. All you know is you're getting handed a lanyard, right? You're not really looking around to see, oh, did so-and-so get one? Oh, how many do they have? You're just, you're there. Most of the time you're just worried about your tattoo and like, oh, well, does it still look as good? Like, you know, I'm not touching it with anything, am I? Oh, okay, cool. No, I'm not touching it. Um, you know, it would, most of the, it's either that, or we're still so sore from getting tattooed that it's ridiculous. And we're just like, can I just get off the stage now? I don't care if I want or not. I just want to get down so I can get wrapped up yeah. so I can go and take a nap. Yeah. That's all. That's all I was thinking while I was in Puerto Rico and in 2019, um, I got the back of my thigh tattooed by, uh, my friend Devin down there. And we entered it in two contests, best Neo trad and best tattoo of the day. And um, I just remember standing up there like, can, can we speed this up? Like, I've got things to do. Like, I'm tired. I'm cranky. I'm hungry. Uh-huh. You know, I need some type of caffeine to keep my eyes open right now. I just want to get done. Can we speed this process up? Right? Yeah. Uh, Well, he ended up taking home two first place trophies for the tattoo that he did on me, which was awesome um, because he didn't expect to win anything at that show. And um, he didn't actually know that I entered it in tattoo of the day, but I figured if Uh I was going to enter it in one contest, I might as well enter it in both. Suffered through Um, it and get it done. Yeah. But like he had the same feeling. He's like, dude, I just want to go and lay down for a little while and get something to eat. Like it, I'll stick around to like find out, you know, if we place or not, but I'm just going to go and like huddle in a corner for a little bit and like decompress because that's what I need. You know, it's funny, Jason, you're the the one type of client, but I've noticed at all these shows, like the clients, you get to see each other and it's like a vibe. Like they're on stage. You're like, whoa, that's your tattoo you're entering. Like if you do one at a time, you just don't get that experience. Yeah, true. Oh no, I was on stage. I just... I had tunnel vision. I had blinders on. Like I wasn't trying to look at anyone else's stuff. I was just thinking about, okay, when can I go and take a nap? It's like, if if I win cool, if I place cool, like I really don't care at this point. I'm sore, cranky, irritated. Let me I was on stage for some of the competitions because I was uh, photographing Marissa and I noticed that like they look and they're like, Oh, I get it. That, that tattoo is better than mine. Or they might not know why, like the design was original or not. They might not know why, but they, it's a lot less. I mean, it could go either ways, but it's a lot more accepting when they can see it's less political, you know, I and can the, see that. Looking yeah. around, they also can see gain an understanding too. in local art maybe, or like what better art is from a different client perspective, you know, cause you're standing there, you're looking at the tattoos, they're exposed. It's a cool thing. I like that style. Nice. Yeah, I find that um, uh, a lot of people around my area, um, they tend to, uh, well, you, you like to get what you see, what you see around you, obviously. So um, people get stuck in that, uh, that certain style in that town, in that area that uh, everybody else gets. Like there's a shop around here years ago 
was when I was just getting started that you always knew when they were tattooed by there because they always had those uh, nautical stars on them, always nautical stars. Anywhere they could fit nautical stars, that's what they covered anything with. And it was like, oh, hey, I know you were tattooed there because they, they couldn't go outside of the box. That's all they knew how to do. So that's fine. But like, that's what uh, makes the difference of what they want when they walk in. And I always try to set them down and introduce them to other people's artwork um, so that they get a, a, a drift of what else is out there. People tend to get what they see around them and that's it. Like they stay in that box. That's it. That's not exposed to as much work as we are. Dennis told me that was one of the main reasons he put the show on for the really. Yep. It was a great conversation, but he said that it was kind of awakening up the local community or like semi-local region for that. (laughs) Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a huge need for around here. I mean, we're close to Cleveland, we're close to Akron and whatnot, but in all honesty, you know, everybody does it, you know, when you work and you have this going on and that going on and kids need to go to school, you know, uh, after school sports or whatever, you think that even driving to Akron, which is 35 minutes from here, it's like, God, oh, it's a long drive there and the back. And mm. So people don't still, they don't, they don't get outside of their box and the smaller the towns, the worse that is, I feel, you know what I mean? In your bigger cities, you're used to traveling so much and everything being hustle and bustle. When it's laid back, and it's even more laid back. So yeah, it's hard to get people to, to want something different. So I get how like when they're on stage and they look at other tattoos, like, oh, well, that one's better than mine. And they don't understand why or whatnot. It's because a lot of artists don't educate their clients. And um, a lot of times the clients don't really care to listen. They just want what they want and they want to roll. I don't roll like that. Like you're going to sit and listen to my education or I'm not going to, I'm not going to work on you because that, that's how you leave here. Then you don't aftercare it correctly. And it doesn't turn out the way it's supposed to because of the way you aftercared it or whatnot, because you didn't know. And you didn't listen to the education, and therefore that reflects me in the end. That's all of our problems, right? Yeah. And they don't. When people don't want to listen, they don't want to. They don't. They don't respect your time, and your education, and what you've been through to, to learn it. Um, so it's all that respect game, that that client artist relationship deal. Well, guys, speaking of time, I have my client that's going to be coming in pretty soon, so I'm going to have to sign off here pretty quick. But uh, maybe we can walk around the room and say what's up. You guys can let everybody know where to get a hold of you and how to find you. Creature, let's start with you. Creature's cave everywhere. Okay. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) Killer, I like it. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks, everybody. Yep. Thanks, Whitney. Uh, Instagram, uh, Iron Rose Tattoo Company, um, email Iron Rose Tattoo uh, website dot inc, and uh, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter as well. Awesome. Thanks for joining. Amber? I'm Amber Morgane, and that's where I am on Facebook and Instagram, and you can also find me under Looking Glass Inc. Killer. James, give us a shout out. Cool. I'm James Wisdom. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Tattooing Wisdom. Uh, I'm also uh, doing the Drawing for Tattooers Monday mornings at 9 a.m. on uh, Reinventing the Tattoo. Uh, <laughs> yeah, thanks, Ricardo. Uh, this, was, um, this was a great conversation. So uh, thanks. Yes, thank thanks, you, Wayne. Ricardo. Thanks, Amber. Thanks, Jason. Thanks, Lauren. This is, uh, it's always, uh, you know, it's a great community. It's great to be a part of it.
So, nice to see you, Jason. Your prints are awesome, dude. Hanging them up today. They're great. There you go. Speaking of which, Jason, the man, the myth, the legend. <laughs> hey guys, dude, he makes um, some badass prints. Oh, yeah, dude. Big time. Thank you. Um, so I'm Jason Lisa. I host the Sunday uh, afternoon drawing group, the Skill Building Sunday Drawing Group, every Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern. Um, if for some reason you can't see me there, I usually try to jump into James Wisdom's drawing for tattooers on Monday mornings. And there's also the Tuesday Feels with Ricardo Sertivan. Um, You can find me at any one of those just about any given week, so long as I'm not traveling. This coming Monday and Tuesday, I will be up at the Needle Jig Northeast Meetup. So if anyone's going to that, I'll be there. Um, I'm really excited for two days worth of seminars. Um, Renee Little's seminar looks like it's going to be absolutely awesome. Mark Scarbo's Needle Seminar sounds absolutely fascinating. Um, so yeah, if anyone's going to be there for that, I'll see you there. Uh, otherwise you can always reach out to me on Instagram at Philly Inc. And I'll be happy to answer any questions or say hi or what's up or yeah. Um, stay up to date with my travel schedule by following Instagram. That's where I post like everything. I don't have a TikTok. I mean, I do, I just never post on it. So you're probably not going to get any, any information there. And I hate video editing. So yeah. Um, but yeah. Ricardo, thank you so much for having me on today, man. Um, thank you, everyone, for, for jumping in today. And, um, yeah, catch up with you guys later in the week. Absolutely, man. Thank you, Jason. Later, thank you, guys. guys. Appreciate all you guys for Thanks, jumping Ricardo. in. Yeah, Thanks, Ricardo. Yeah, thank Lauren. you. Thanks, everybody. All right, yeah. see you guys soon. Lauren, Take thank care. you. Bye, guys. Have a great day. Later.